From Yahoo Finance, this is Ballots and Dollars, a podcast about the politics that affect your pocketbook. I'm Rick Newman. And I'm Alexis Christophorus. And today we're talking about President Donald Trump's tax returns. Now that a federal judge has ruled the president is not above the law and must turn over eight years of his tax returns to a grand jury. But... Don't get too excited. It doesn't mean that we're going to get to see those tax returns anytime soon. A federal appeals court temporarily put the ruling on hold while Trump appeals this. And and Rick, I guess my first question to you is, why are we still talking about President Trump's tax returns and do they still matter? We're talking about it because Democrats really want those tax returns <laughs> to come out. And my contention is they do matter. Um, if we never see them, uh, you know, let's say uh, they, they do not become public in some way before the 2020 election and then Trump loses, uh, I guess that rather um, Democrats probably will say, OK, well, we don't really need them that bad anymore. Um, but I think it does matter. And um, I think that it's actually getting closer to these returns becoming public. So you just described the legal ping pong that's been happening here. Uh, and, um, you know, there are sort of multiple efforts to get the Trump tax returns. The House Oversight Committee has subpoenaed them from his accounting firm. That's one e- illegal effort. What you just referred to was a separate effort by the Manhast- Manhattan District Attorney trying to get those tax returns for different reasons. Uh, and this uh, one federal judge, I mean, I looked over the, his ruling. It was a 75-page ruling. He said, uh, basically, President Trump is trying to make the argument that he uh, he is completely immune from prosecution for any criminal activity whatsoever. The judge said he is not. The president is not above the law. So that's the judge who said uh, the accounting firm needs to turn them over. And then right away, uh, I mean, literally within minutes, uh, Trump's attorneys went back to court to try to get the appeals court to say, no, don't do that. So this is a very intense legal fight. And that tells you that there's something in these tax returns Trump does not want the public to see. I want to talk about that in depth in a moment. But uh, back to this federal judge who was actually appointed by Bill Clinton. And so some people are saying this is politically charged. What do you say to that? Uh, Every federal judge has to be appointed by either a Democrat or a Republican. Um, So every federal judge is going to be open to charges of bias simply based on uh, the party of the president uh, uh, who put him into into Mm -hmm. that into the judgeship. Um, This is probably going to go to the Supreme Court, uh, which means that these charges of um, partisanship are going to still be there because Trump has put two uh, conservative justices on the Supreme Court. That's Neil Gorsuch and um, Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, Now, let's say it does get to the Supreme Court. Uh, Some some critics for sure are going to say, well, Trump's obviously going to win because he appointed these two guys. And without a doubt, they're going to find in his favor. I don't I don't assume that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the legalities of how these the various justices might come down on this. But you've also got a competing dynamic, especially when it gets up to the Supreme Court level, which is these justices might want to demonstrate their independence. And they might want to say, no, I'm not just here to be a political tool for the president who appointed me. Uh, So that would be Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. I have no clue uh, how they might rule on this. Um, and I don't think anybody really does. And they're there, but too. it's getting closer. Right. It's getting. Cl- I mean, you know, we're so I think the 
the important thing is we are seeing some elements of the legal system working against Trump. So when you have a judge coming out and saying, I completely reject Trump's argument, this executive privilege argument, that because the president cannot be prosecuted for any crime whatsoever, uh, that, you know, this federal judge said, I'm not buying that for a second. But you know what's interesting, and it'll be a very interesting question for the Supreme Court to, to take up if they de- do indeed do that, is that the Constitution does not explicitly say whether a, a sitting president can be found, I guess, or charged with a, a crime. So I'm not going to pretend I uh, know more than I do about legalities. I, I do but it's, know, it's but very I do know much this. A gray area. I do know this. There is no, there is no law saying a, that a president or a presidential candidate has to make public his or her tax returns. That there's no requirement to do that. That has been a custom and a tradition since the 1970s. Uh, Richard Nixon first did it. Uh, to sort of um, quash uh, ideas that he was somehow criminal or he was on the take somehow. And every major presidential candidate since then has uh, released uh, their tax returns except for Trump. Um, he said he would when he was a candidate um, and then he got elected and he said, I can't because I'm under audit. We all know that's a bogus uh, explanation. That doesn't stop you. So, I mean, I think it's worth just go- going to the tax returns themselves and, uh, and getting more to this question of why does this even why? matter? Yeah, so, so, you know, some people are saying, look, he doth protest too much, as Shakespeare would, would, mm-hmm. would want to say in this instance, right? He's – if there's nothing to hide – why don't you just get it over with and put it out there? So the fact that he's being so secretive leads many to believe that there is bad stuff in there that he doesn't yeah. want us to know about. So let's let's run through – this is a fun game. Let's yes. run through the different scenarios. I mean – Well, we're fully free to speculate about what's in Trump's tax returns really because he them. won't tell us what's in them. Okay, so – Let's say we see his tax returns and we realize that he's very creative or his accountants are very creative when it comes to dealing with his taxes, but that he is taking advantage of legal loopholes in the system. Do you hold that against him? Right. I think that's a key point because um, I I don't think there's – we don't have any reason to necessarily think there's anything criminal in Trump's uh, tax returns or uh, anything like that. There have been questions about his, you know, certain business dealings. I mean, one question, uh, and I'm not aware of any uh, known evidence that supports this, but is it possible that he's involved in money laundering via Deutsche Bank, which has been investigated and I think found um, liable for different types of money laundering with respect to Russian oligarchs? So you can make, um, you know, sort of guilt by association claims. That's not guilt. I mean, that's not not evidence of any kind of crime. Um, so. Uh, and by the way, you know, Trump does operate a uh, – he's not operating his business right now, supposedly the Trump organization. But it is a complicated organization. We know that from Trump's financial disclosures where uh, he has to list um, every corporate entity he has some kind of stake in. And there are hundreds of them. Every time he licenses his name or the Trump name gets licensed to anything, a product, a property, anything like that, they create a new corporate entity that that uh, manages those licensing rights. So there are at least dozens of those, maybe hundreds. He's got all kinds of trusts and stuff like this that relate to different real estate holdings. I mean, it's really complicated. So his tax return at a minimum would be very complicated. Um, and would it, I think that, so put aside that it would reveal anything criminal. Remember, he supposedly has been under audit and it's reasonable to think he has been audited, um, you know, several times probably. I mean, that's the IRS's job. And in in New York State, it's the tax examiner's job to, if you're doing something illegal, to if you're doing tax fraud, it's their job to catch you. So as far as we know, he's never been caught for tax fraud. Now, there, we know there was that big New York Times expose 
that um, uh, really did a good job of piecing together different bits of evidence to say he's probably getting all kinds of tax breaks, some he deserves, some he, maybe he doesn't deserve. He may just be able to throw legal firepower at the IRS and he just overwhelms them so they don't have the people or the budget to be able to fight back. We don't know that. But let's just say – boy, this is very long-winded. I'm sorry I'm taking so long to answer <laughs> well, questions. There's a lot to, there's to say a here. Lot to say. Okay, let's just say. Let's just say there's no illegality in Trump's tax returns. It's still possible that his tax rate is very low and there could be years he, when he pays no taxes. And that has a lot to do with um, being in the real estate business. So there are just the, – the tax code is just very favorable to the real estate industry. This is largely, largely the result of developers who for decades have been able to lobby for very generous tax breaks. <laughs> you get a lot of leeway and I'm, I'm by, by far no expert on this. But you get a lot isn't of leeway for – isn't it funny he might actually have for... something in, in common with Jeff Bezos? He likes to beat <laughs> up on Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon. Yeah. We found out that Amazon didn't pay taxes. Didn't pay in, in much or paid very little. Right, right, right. right. But, we, but again, this is all conjecture. We do not know what his tax well, rate so, is. So to go to the Amazon point – um, Amazon, we think so. Amazon's tax returns are not public. Obviously, they file their annual report with all the detailed financials, but their tax returns, no, no company's tax returns are public. We think if uh, Amazon paid low uh, taxes or no taxes, it's because they invest so much back into the company, and the tax code encourages that. You get tax breaks for investment. So if you like are R and D, yeah, what you're absolutely, okay. Okay. and other and other things, uh, and different types of depreciation and stuff like that. I mean, it's very complicated. But uh, even for developers, in theory, those tax breaks exist because um, uh, it, it is considered to be good for the U.S. economy to have people putting money into investments. Now, in, that's in theory. In reality, uh, these are some of these tax breaks are just what lobbyists were able to get for their clients, so their clients could just get more money, and the tax uh, and the treasury could get less money. But it's possible that's one of the things Trump's tax, Trump's tax return shows that he just pays very little in taxes. So if so, that is the case, let's yep. just look. Now, the average American worker pays about 14 percent of his yeah. or her earnings in federal income tax. Right. What about some of the Democratic presidential candidates? Uh, I did. So this is just based on me looking at their uh, looking at uh, their the tax returns that they did release and what their numbers show. Uh, Joe Biden's tax, he looks like he pays about one third of his gross income in taxes last year. Uh, I think Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders were in the 20s, uh, 20 percentile range. Um, so they're pay they're paying a fair amount of tax. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason for that, that's actually how the tax code is supposed to work. I mean, all three of those people earned uh, – I, I want to say – I'm not sure every single – each of them earned more than a million dollars last year, 2018. Mm -hmm. But they, they did each earn more than a million dollars in recent years in a single year. And the reason they've been able to do that, it's mostly book sales and speeches. Right. Books, uh, writing books and giving speeches is, it might not sound like real labor. Um, you know, it's not working in a factory, but it counts as labor income and therefore it gets taxed, taxed at labor income rates, which are higher uh, than um, the capital gains rate on investments uh, for most people. Um, so uh, those three candidates I just mentioned, Biden, Warren, and Sanders, are are paying. Like, they're in the top tax bracket, and they're generally paying, you know, a lot of taxes because they don't get a lot of offsets. So let's say, you know, let's say one of them is the Democratic nominee for president next year, and we find out that President Trump's effective tax rate is two percent, or he paid nothing in 2018 because he got to uh, count losses from some, you know, building from 15 years ago. However, it works. Mm -hmm. um, I I think it's uh, politically significant if. 
um, the pre the president or any major candidate running for election is paying a lower a lower tax rate than their their opponents and a lower tax rate than probably a lot of voters. I mean, I always check what my effective tax rate is when I get my tax return back, and I just do it as a percentage of of all the money I earned, my gross income, what percentage of that did I pay in taxes? And it's around 19 or 20 percent every year. Well, then so I guess the question becomes— anybody, anybody can do that. So if what if Trump is paying 2 percent of his income But here's my question. If he's paying 2 percent, does his tax return then not highlight that there are major flaws in our system because he didn't do anything wrong? So while we, while we may be a little peeved that this billionaire is not paying his— "Quote unquote fair share." If he's doing it legally, do we really have a leg to stand on? Uh, and guess who's gonna guess who wants to answer that question the most? It's Elizabeth Warren, and right behind her, Bernie Sanders, because that's their whole point. Right, is that this tax code is a joke and it totally favors the wealthy, and that's why they want to do things like uh, sharply raise the top income tax bracket, have a wealth tax, um, so you're not giving people giving people a chance to evade the income tax because most of their income is from investments and they don't work. Um, so uh, I think yes. I think the argument is yes, the tax code is broken and it does favor people too much. Um, you know, the sort of tax fairness people have been trying to get these tax breaks for developers out of the tax code for a long time and they can't do it. Um, it's, and it that, that's just because the uh, real estate industry is effective at lobbying in Washington and they, ki they continually kill – every effort to get rid of that tax break. And then, you know, the last big tax change we had was a Tax Cut and Jobs Act. That was exclusively Republicans who passed that in Congress and then President Trump signed it. Um, that probably helped businesses like Trump because it um, sharply lowered the business tax rate on the type of business uh, Trump owns, which is a pass-through business. So, then, so then the question becomes, is he is he getting policies passed through that ultimately benefit himself so right. and his family? And, and also – whether or not low interest rates can actually affect his returns, because we know that one of the favorite things Trump does is bash his Federal Reserve chairman, Jerome Powell, telling him to cut those interest rates, even go negative if you have to. Yep. Uh, maybe there is a more sinister reason why. Uh, yes, it's it's possible there is. Now, we uh, I think it's believed that um, – I mean, Trump has said he's king of debt, so we know he has loans. Um, and which means he's making interest payments on loans. And um, I, I think it's either known or understood that um, Trump – his business – now we're talking about him as a business entity that the Trump organization has some, some amount of variable rate loans. So if you take out uh, uh, a loan, you can either choose to pay – I mean think of it – it's oversimplified to mm -hmm. compare it to a mortgage. But think of it that way. You can just lock in a fixed rate for the life of the loan or you can do a variable rate loan and that's going to reset on a periodic basis and it, based on what market rates are. So if uh, – again, um, if we were able to tell from Trump's tax returns that he was – that he saves money when interest rates go down um, and it could be the opposite. I mean maybe, you know, maybe he has a lot of money in savings accounts so uh, he loses money when interest rates go down or he somehow has a, you know, a downside sensitivity to lower rates. It's possible mm -hmm. but it's also possible that he has um, a lot of loans and, and that as a borrower – uh, he saves money when rates go down. So again, this would, um, you know, raise questions at a at a minimum about Trump really berating the Federal Reserve to uh, lower interest rates. Um, if that's something that benefits him personally, it um, 
I mean, what can I say? It makes it look like his policies are self-serving rather than serving the public interest. So where do we go from here? We know it's on appeal right now. Do you think there is a chance that we really get to see these returns before we head to the polls? I think there's a chance. Um, It's really a legal question at this point. Um, The uh, Democrats in various forms are being aggressive about getting these returns. And we, you know, we've seen that when uh, the House Oversight Committee run by Democrats uh, has subpoenaed the um, accounting firm. Just when that seems to be that effort seems like it's maybe flagging a little bit. Um, The Manhattan district attorney, also a Democrat. I mean, New York City dominated by Democrats politically. Um, you know that he's now going after the tax returns f- uh, for c- sort of a separate thing, and you know we won't we don't need to get into all the like legal case they're trying to make. But this is a uh, like a three front war for Trump. Um, you know, Democrats in the House are also trying to get his tax returns from the IRS, and we've heard now this is I think these are sort of unsubstantiated reports, but there's also. Uh, news of a possible whistleblower in the IRS because maybe um, somebody is interfering with what is supposed to be an annual audit of the president's and the vice president's returns. I mean, what what if uh, we get to another whistleblower situation that rises to the level of what we're seeing with the Ukraine whistleblower? I mean, and we have congressional hearings about that. So um, Democrats are trying everything, every way they can think of legally, politically, and otherwise to make the case that we, the public, it's in the public interest for some reason, whether it's political, uh, legislative, or uh, criminal, for these uh, tax returns to become public. They are doing everything they can. So will Trump be able to hold them off for another? Where are we at? Fifteen months? Thirteen months? I mean, he's been able um, to do it thus far. It's going to come down. I think it's going to come down to the wire. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? I, I, I don't. So you have to ask yourself: Would if if one of these cases gets to the Supreme Court, um, would the Supreme Court uh, speed it up? Would they treat it as a you know an urgent case where they with, with the election looming? Yes, with or, the election right. looming. That is a very good question. Um, or would they just say we're just going to consider this a matter of routine business, mm-hmm. and it's not at the Supreme Court? So if it did, when would it get on the docket? Um, so if let's say it didn't make it on the Supreme Court docket until this time next year, we might not hear about it until 2021. Which then we might not care so much we about. Might, but we might care even more. <laughs> about the former presidents. <laughs> you're right. Who knows? You're exactly right. Well, whatever it, whatever happens here, it will be precedent setting because what's happened thus yeah. far certainly is. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening to this Ballads and Dollars podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for a fresh episode. In the meantime, be sure to follow us at Alexis TV News on Twitter. At Rick J. Newman on Twitter. And don't forget to uh, rate our podcast, the highest possible rating. Yes, don't in forget. In your neighborhood. Don't whatever, forget to do what Whatever's the Rick highest rating said. in your neighborhood. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.